Can I have your attention, please? I have something I think you all ought to know about. It seems that Mrs. Phelps doesn't think too highly of our worth. She put this team together because she thought we'd be bad enough to finish dead last, knocking attendance down to the point where she could move the team to Miami and get rid of all of us for better personnel. Even me? Even you, Dorn. What if we don't finish last? He'll replace you with somebody who will. After this season, you'll be sent back to the miners or given your outright relief. Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yes! The Cleveland Indians haven't won the pennant since 1948. And it doesn't look, like, doesn't look like they're going to win it this year. But Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, and, you know, Corbin Burnson, of course, from L.A. Law have something to say about it. <laughs> it's movies for guys who like movies. Major League. Harry Doyle here welcoming all of you to another season of Indians baseball. Here's a list of the players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off, then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you at our spring camp. Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Voodoo. Say hey! Fully Maze Hayes here. Play like Maze, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal. Don't you have any proven Major League talent? Now I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. You want us to lose? We've been losing. What I want is for us to finish dead last. This year, the Cleveland Indians have a multi-talented team. The first offering, just a bit outside. They're masters of the sacrifice. He's looking to sacrifice a live chicken. One whole chicken, just like you said. The double play. Excuse me. I have a much better body than she does. Thank you for me, she really does. And the pickoff. Every time we win, we peel a section. <laughs> Tom Berenger. Zipper on your skirt stuck. Use your imagination. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. These things make me look ridiculous. Seeing's the most important thing, son. I don't think it's that important. Corbin Burnson. And Bob Euchre. Hey, with swings and crushes one towards South America. Major League. That ball wouldn't have been out of a lot of parks. Name one. Yellowstone. <laughs> you want them? We got it. Movies for guys who like movies. Coming up next, only on TBS. Hey, 
Just that. <laughs> leave that. Um, yeah, when Wesley Snipes is not... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Well, okay. Welcome. It's Movies for Guys Who Like Movies from the New Blood Rising podcast. This week we're talking about 1989's Major League. And we wanted to throw this one in there because baseball season has just gotten underway. It's about a month into the season, and we wanted to really do one that... Um, I I know Charlie and I like a lot. Or if you, I'm a big fan. Big fan. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A lot, man. Yeah. I like two more just because I was a what? kid. I like. I saw it as I was a kid. Yeah, dang son. And, and it's, is, it's, oh, it, they're two different movies. It's Alien completely. Three is my favorite. But this is a yeah. perennial Comedy Central favorite yep. uh, from back Super in the day. But before we dive into it, I'm William Rankin, joined of course by Jason Keesler. How's it going? And Charlie Stabile, mm. who is our official native Cleveland residents who can be the the real expert on everything that is oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's no me. but like there is a perspective to this that a lot of people depending on where you're from don't necessarily get when it comes to sports and you're, you're like you know culture and everything how and because you've and i've talked about a lot about this where unfortunately it's like boy sports just becomes like everyone comes consumed by it where it's just everything you do revolves around a team that you have no connection to other than the city. We were born here. <laughs> it's an unexplainable phenomenon. I actually got into it with someone at work yesterday about it, about how I just don't get it. Um, I mean, I, I do get it, but I don't get why people get invested so in it. So I think it's a good place to start. What do you, like, on, just on the surface, like, this movie has to do with the Cleveland Indians. How long did you live in Cleveland? Well, I lived in Columbus. Columbus, okay. No, sorry. Uh, well, I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, <laughs> like, how if you're talking about sports teams. Are they close or not? I don't know. Hour and a half? Two hours? Okay. Like uh, five years. Um, I, I was living there when this movie came out, but I don't remember Major League from when I was up there. We talked about off-air that, that 30 for 30 Believeland is coming out that's all about this the type of sports culture in Cleveland. and it, it's, also, it's not just the Indians. No, had no. Problem. I mean, the LeBron... Th- I mean, when you look at the LeBron thing, and, like, mm-hmm. my friend... My, I, I, um, I have a friend who's from Cleveland who lives in Austin right now. He talks about, like, all we grew up was Michael Jordan jumping 50 feet in the air after he hits that shot against the Cavs in the playoffs. You know the one... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or he's just pumping it. But, um... When you lived up there, like, what is it like when it comes to sports, when it comes to the Indians? People love their sports. I remember, uh, as I recall, uh, I remember more of, the, of, of course, it's America, a love of football. Like, Cleveland Browns. Like, I remember my mom being heartbroken when the Cleveland Browns uh, got um, moved up to Baltimore. Yeah. You know, like, like that just, that pissed off my whole family. Yeah. That, the Indians, that seemed, that was something I liked. Yeah. You know, like whenever I would, uh, like, as a kid, play baseball video games or anything, I'd pick the Cleveland Indians. You know, because it was just, you wanted to see them win. You know, hell, we were uh, kids when they actually went to the World Series, I believe, twice. Yeah. And that was a heartbreaker both times. Because the first one was uh, the strike. It was the it was the, right after the strike. Mm-hmm. And it came out a year after, uh, that happened a year after Major League Two. Yeah. So it was like, wow, like, we're going to get this for real? Hopefully better. Yeah. So and then I and it's ironic that they lose the one World Series to Miami, which is where right the, they're trying to go. Yeah, they're trying to go in this movie. But um, you said when this movie came out, when this one came out, it was came out in nineteen ninety. So were you you were still there? Or? Oh, I was still there. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like when it came out? I don't remember. I yeah. was only three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't see Major League and probably until I want to say 93 maybe when I got gotcha. one of the many times they ran on Comedy Central, which is one of those movies where if you grow up watching it on cable television wow. and then you get a, a copy of the DVD or something you're like, "Jesus." 
Yeah. Like this movie is foul. Yes. And I think that's its. I think that's one of its best appeals. Jason, when did you first see Major League? I saw Major League probably ninety one. Ninety one on just rental. Yeah. And you said you saw the second one first. No, I saw the second one as in I saw the second one in the theater. Oh, sorry. Oh, for okay. it's like I this you. one I saw. I wasn't really supposed to be watching. I was supposed to be asleep. Because it was... One of those movies. One yeah. of those. Um, but, you know, you're laying there and you're like, suck my dick. <laughs> oh, I'm, What's I mean, funny I'm is like... Comedy Central version, man. Yeah. That What a shock. Because it was, stay away from her. Cut. Mm. So, years of that, and then all of a sudden, suck my dick. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> What's funny is, like, I, I get where, like, you're saying, like, it's one of those movies, like, you weren't... It doesn't come across nearly as crude as something... As many Slap of, shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Slap shot's... Way more crude. It was yeah. the there's there's no female nudity in it, and so it didn't understand. It was like a, that was like a, a a big thing for my family even when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch that. It's got boobs. Even when the boob shot comes, it's it's still a star. Mm-hmm. There's so there's no nipple, so it's not official, um, kind of thing. And then the the language was like the big thing is no, you can't see that. And so then when two came out and it was PG thirteen, PG. It was PG. That's why I don't like it. Oh, it's not true know. to the characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also, Wesley Snipes isn't in the movie. Yeah, he changed Omar Epps in that oh, three-year off. So you do that. They you, should have just canceled the character. Yep. Uh, not that that's a bad movie, because like the best part of that movie, David Keith, as oh, what was his character's name? Uh, Parkman. Mm-hmm. Parkman is a great character. Little okay. shimmy. But that's it. That movie's for the most part just a train wreck. Yeah. Which is sad because it's still better than the third one. I, which is when well, no, which Ooh. was I didn't our s- movie. Yeah, that's right. And they, they, they filmed it in the old uh, River Dog Stadium that I used to go to. Right, but that movie sucks. Which they've yes. rumored a, th- a, re- a true third one for a while now. It's perfect. It's a, the best idea is to get Charlie Sheen in his final season. He still looks somewhat young enough. You can get him to look young enough to do this. Again. And pitchers can yeah. play forever. And they wanted pitchers can play Berenger and David Ward, the director, to come back and do it. Thing. David Ward didn't do the third one. No, he didn't do the. Well, oh, he, he did. He did. The second one is so goofy. Let's dive into his his filmography. Can it's we? Fascinating. Yeah. No, tell me, please. Because he he's an Academy Award winner for writing The Stink. Which is an oh, amazing, really? iconic Paul Newman from Slapshot yes. movie. Like, it is iconic in many that. ways, not just for Redford and Paul Newman, but of course the Entertainer, the yes. theme to it. Like, and it is like one of those really great like heist yeah, type of movies. Um, David Ward's filmography, when you look it up, is fascinating because it goes from writing a movie like that. I think he directed one or two maybe like seventies flicks that are seems still in his ballpark. But then when you get to like the eighties. It's interesting because you've got, um, you're going to get Major League, you're going to get Major League 2, the program, oh, Down oh. Periscope. Oh, he did Down Periscope. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's fascinating, like, he, there is kind of a reoccurring theme with his type of movies that have to do with, like, the group. Underdog. Uh-huh. Underdog groups having to bind, or um, come together to take on whatever, you know, and it's very, they're very anti-authoritarian. They're also anti-tradition. You notice that because like this movie is all about breaking the tradition of losing. Yeah, and it's um, down Periscope is about re almost redefining the tradition of the Navy. Like the Navy isn't always like the the most clean cut. It's about the ragtag two a group of guys that have kind of a a quirky mindset that is exactly what the Navy needs at this point in time. Even the program breaks the, the like it goes a lot against the college football traditions. That are apparent, like the Heisman Trophy yeah, the, and, and, and things of that nature. It's very fascinating. Another movie film, Carolina, USC. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. But, uh, a lot of coverage. He, uh, David Ward was a, is a, um, it always said, you know, he was from Cleveland and he always wanted to see the Indians win the World Series or win. And you this know, was the only way to do it. And this was the only way to do it. I don't know if they exactly win the World they Series. Don't. It's no. very. It, they it's, win the pennant. They win the pennant. They win the, the game that leads you into the World Series. Which doesn't even make sense. Like it, none of it. Like it, that's the thing that still doesn't make sense to me. How because they say they're playing for the East. The Indians don't play in the East. They play in the Central. Or at this point, I believe it's the AL Centrals where they play. I don't. I mean, I. I don't know. There was. It got I, changed and rooted it, around because this is this pre-expansion was, team. Yeah. This was my idea for the sequel. The sequel that, should have been the World is Series. This, it, it, you know, then again, maybe it is before. I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's before they broke into I, four. I'm not. I thought this was the first one is they make the playoffs. I guess that the is. The second one, they win that, the playoffs right, and go to the series. Back the way it used to be for the major leagues was if you won, because they don't have wild cards yet. Mm-mm. I don't think the wild card comes around until just after this. Mm-hmm. So then it literally was the best team from the AL and the best team from the NL just go to the World Series and play the World. Right. I don't know if there was a design. There play. was still. So I guess it makes sense. It's just, I guess, if you, if you're, if me growing up is four divisions, mm-hmm. a West, right. or, or three, I'm sorry, a West, an East, and a Central, three mm-hmm. division winners, uh, a couple of wild cards or whatnot, get into the playoffs, and then, you know. You, so they won the division. Yeah, they won their because game. what do they win in Major League Two? They win. They go to the World Series in two. No, they don't. No, they that they don't win the series. They go to the series in two. Because the first one they win, they go to get to the playoffs because they win the the chance to go to the playoffs. And the second one they win the playoffs to get the chance to go. The to The second series. one's the next season. I but I yeah. thought they win. That's not the same. It's not the that, same that's year. Because really. like the whole, I thought the whole thing was win the whole fucking thing. Which and is that's the World what Series. They, mm-hmm. so, but that's not what they win. No, no. But they win the pennant, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. Yeah. I, okay. See, that's I just, always assumed this was. Just, oh, they're going to the World Series. Like, uh, uh, like that's what I thought. So in that same vein, this is a movie about winning the big game. Mm-hmm. Sports movie, like we've. The, this is the quintessential sports movie, winning the big game. It's also layered with the bad news bears mindset of. I think that's interesting too. If you look at the early reviews of the movie, uh, when they first came out, this movie had very uh, average reviews, and a, and a lot of the mindset was. I remember Leonard Moulton's review was, you know, uh, something along the lines of, "Oh, a ragtag team needs to, you know, overcome odds and win the pennant. Will they? Of course they will." He said something like that. So this was pretty much a, a fairly well-worn cliche yeah. at the time. But the thing is, I don't think there's a movie like it that does it better. I, I agree because there's there's one thing this movie avoids doing. At some point, this movie's an hour and forty five, right? Yep. Somewhere around halfway to three quarters through the movie, all of a sudden, like the team has to come apart. They've done so well for like the last thirty minutes mm-hmm. getting it all together, and then there's some incident that's supposed to splinter everything to where you have to have the big speech where they come back together and then they win it. You know what I mean? You can do that's the, kind of what they do in the second one. Mm-hmm. In this but one, they don't do it here. They avoid it. They successfully Every, avoid it. Everything's individual. You notice where like they go on the winning streak. They don't ever go on another losing streak. Nope. And that seems to happen in these type of movies. You know what I mean? Where like it seems like. It's coming apart. Like the quest is, we're on the verge of failure. It's usually where your act two is supposed to end because at the end of act two should be your lowest point. They're not coming apart because of uh, losing. They're coming apart, if anything, because of um, Phelps. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that's really keeping them down. But then, like, they immediately reverse. It's like, yes. well, we just win the whole fucking thing. Yep. Do it. Bam, yeah. bam, bam. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's, it's, go well, ahead. that and the, uh, what's the, just a, a good example of what you're talking about? Mighty Ducks. 
what gets them to fall apart for a little bit is where they overhear him being sarcastic to Which the guy. I swear to God, happens in every Mighty Ducks movie. They overhear him being a dick or being, you know, flippant. Mm. And, and, and even the Jeffrey Nordling in the third one, they hear him do it and just, oh, God, here we go again. Yeah. But in the first one. <laughs> but that first Mighty Ducks. Woo. <laughs> I just, I, it's, it's the one thing I don't like about movies in general because this seems to have. Take a romantic comedy. Yep. We're like, oh, the first two acts are. Yeah. It, well, like maybe the first act, like, oh, we're buttonheads. We don't like each other. And then maybe somehow, we do. Maybe we do. But then there's a rift. A big one. Get back each other. Like you're married. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Wow. Well. Yeah. <laughs> we're related. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. You're my mother. Oh. I'm a, I'm a killer. But then, we're like, by, at, by like, the last 20 minutes of the movie, we're back to our. Oh, it's not going to get any better than this. So, right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so that's one thing, like, I I always really hold this movie in high regard because, as, as people might say, it's a cliche in terms of the plot. It avoids one of the biggest cliches within that cliche mm-hmm. of having to mm-hmm. fall apart. Yeah. Because even the big thing that should doesn't. Like, in, if anything, it, 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 you get better performance out of someone because of it. Right. It's. There's a fascinating, like, uh, when you look at the plot of this movie, like, the A plot is the team. To me, the thing that really makes this movie hold, uh, holds this movie above water is the B plot. And it's Behringer. And a very, like, I I don't know how many movies she had done at this time, but Renee, a very young Renee Russo. And their stuff is... It's a great subplot. It It doesn't feel phony. I mean, it's a little stalkerish. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a sweetness to Tom Behringer that he doesn't seem to have in really any other movie. That he, for some reason, has in Major League. <laughs> so He's let's definitely not because the the next the next big thing I wrote here had to do oh, with awesome. the character with the characters because mm-hmm. you can't really do much without talking about ev- like the key characters. Jake um, Jake Taylor is. He's the heart of the movie. He is, and I mean that truly. Like he gets top billing for a reason. Yeah, I switched that in the second one. Right. Oh, yeah, because Charlie's a bigger star, but Behringer. I mean, there's a sweetness. There's a, a, a there's a genuine quality. To his quest in the movie, mm-hmm. not just as a player, but as a man trying to progress into the next act. I think it's interesting, like as a kid, to uh, the, the character you look up to is Rick Vaughn. Yeah, but as you get older, you realize I'm Jake Taylor. Yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly. Yeah, it. and that's not a bad thing. No, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, and he does get like the most outside of baseball moments in the movie, mm-hmm. right. which is good. We don't see a lot of the other guys doing stuff outside of baseball, right? Um, all right, so the very first scene of him is it's an amazing. It tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah. He's him, in the Mexican league. <laughs> he is asleep and has a sombrero on his head. And we have to also talk. He's a former All Star. Yeah. yeah. Who? Bad knees. Bad knees. Yeah. And that's something else I want to talk about real quick. Uh, I one thing I love: all the major characters have an obstacle that they have to overcome. Uh, Taylor has his knees. Uh, Rick Vaughn has control. Over his pitching. Mm -hmm. Willie Mays Hayes has pop-ups. That's his problem. Corbin Burnson, Dorn, is grounding. Which is amazing. They they constantly riff on him for being such a bad grounder. And it's like, he's in the majors. He's got to be good at something. Right. Serrano, curveballs. Right. Can't hit him. Can't hit him. Every single one of these obstacles has to be overcome by the end of the movie. Right. So they all have an arc. Yeah. And that's so impressive. And to go back to Corbin Burnson, because you brought that up, and this has always bothered me with this movie's marketing, is that on the front cover of the first movie, of the second movie, it's Sheen, Behringer, and Burnson. Mm. I always thought it should have been Sheen, Behringer, and Snipes. 
Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's the that's where the movie really like. That's the the Kirk Bones Spock right. of Major League, and that's why the second movie just doesn't. This work. is just before New Jack City. Yeah, where oh, I think yeah. Snipes really Snipes explodes. Was fun. Do you remember when he was this fun? Oh, Wildcats. He been this fun? Oh, yeah. Wildcats. Yeah. Before he became Wesley Let's Snipes. go eat some pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Before he was Passenger 57. Right. Oh. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I, because I, the one thing I have to, and this is hard because like, it was not our era of television. Him in L.A. Law, he was pretty big at the time. And yeah. I think that's why like, that's the only reason I can think of because movies wise he was not in a whole lot that I can remember Hello Again with Shelley Long was not a huge hit no but <laughs> that's a USA Network staple yes it is yeah. I remember that but um yeah, Behringer's like I mean, I think LA Law was about the only reason why he would be that high but more about Jake Taylor it's really cool is that is this you told the, the bet we used to say that to each other on the phone you're gonna do at least be the Yankees yeah you know my favorite bit of that is the fact that he puts the phone up to the hat that's such a good choice like yeah. I, it's a he's little so thing, out of it yeah um and so they, they pull like a seven samurai kind of thing with where do they have to pull these guys where are these guys right. coming from so uh, yeah. to set that up to set that up better is the fact that the the prologue of the movie is the, the new owner of the Cleveland Indians is you know a Kind of ahead of its time because this is just this is before Anna Nicole Smith marries the. Is it before? I think it is before oh, yeah. she marries the oil baron. Yeah, yeah. and he dies. She did she that right him. after Naked Gun. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, she has inherited the team from her um, deceased husband. She is in Los Angeles showgirl or Las Vegas showgirl. Oh, oh, oh Los Angeles showgirl. That'd okay, I, I messed up a fucking city. All right, no, we, we don't have to. You don't have to get hot about cross it. Cross him just off. <laughs> no, no. But like, what's funny is like when she's going through like. Her intentions seem weird at first, and then when she gives him the list of players, mm. is the worst players. I haven't heard of half of these guys. This guy is dead. This guy's de- that guy. That's a, the, the, what, that is a career summed up in about like forty-eight frames. Yeah, yeah. This, this guy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but there's that, and uh, man, most of these guys never had a prime. Like it's yeah, it's it's a pretty solid plan that she has. Yeah, but let we talk about Jake. Let's go back and talk about the manager. Lou Brown. Lou Brown. He is fantastic. James Gee, Gammon, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that per... He, this is who I think of when I think of a baseball manager. Do you know when they buried him, they gave him an Indians jersey with his name on it? Lou Brown. Lou they Brown. put Lou Brown's name Lou Brown? on it. Yeah. I love that he, he he wrestles with the idea of either I can go coach oh, the Indians. Oh, I don't know. Or keep, is, keep working at the tire factory. I've got it. Alex, I wrote down and says... Let me think it over, Charlie. I got a guy on the other line who wants to talk about some white walls. Uh, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and and Charles Cyphers, who yeah. plays that part, like his reactions, like I, I wish there were more scenes of him calling people, like trying to, like, you want to come to the Indians? Uh, well, yeah, no, not really. What do you mean, no? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Game would pop up on Nash Bridges? That would be yeah. like where he'd kind of hang around for the most part. But he had a great part in Revenge that came out, I think, a year later. I think it's a 90 flick. I'm not it sure. Is. But he has a good role as like kind of Costner's, uh, Costner's buddy, buddy in that one for mm-hmm. that. He is just such a natural character. Like, uh, And you're right. As a baseball manager, he just fits. This is it. You know, he's the nice ultimate. catch, Hayes. Don't ever fucking don't. do it again. <laughs> Funny as hell. Like, this movie, I, I love movies that have inappropriate swearing like, or, or misplaced. Like, Back to the Future was great with it, with... You know, we see some real oh serious shit. But like this movie, the way it, it peppers it with yeah. the dialogue. This movie has fantastic so dialogue. Let's go to Rick Vaughn because his entrance is probably one of the best. Another thing I love about this movie is that a lot of the yeah, main characters. Yeah, no, 
the main characters, and Charlie Sheen was how I really noticed it. One of the reasons I think this movie really works is it seems like a lot of these guys are playing themselves. Like Charlie yeah. Sheen's playing Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. and Tom Berenger. Like I feel like this is probably Tom Berenger. Yeah, yeah, in real life, James Gammon, absolutely. Oh, but, but ten yeah. times out of ten. Yeah. But yeah, like him being in. Uh, I guess it's it's, it's it's it has to be prison. Yeah, like because yeah. they never really explain how he gets out in time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. it's like well I might not make it. Apparently he does. And that's a great <laughs> open shot. Like, yeah. Where, where is we're he? in orange. Where is he? Oh, oh the long shot oh. tells us. The wide shot tells us, yeah. Yeah, the wide shot. So you've got, that's our Rick Vaughn, who's going to be our, 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 you know. And now we go to, well, we don't really, he gets introduced in the entrance, so I'll skip him for a moment. Well, the rest of these guys really do. Let's just, when these guys all converge on spring training, oh. is an amazing scene because we meet, this is where we meet Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. Parking lots out there. Parking lots out there. And I love that he's not on the list. No. All right. The way he earns his way on there is hilarious. I'm, I'm just in my pajamas and I run fast. Yeah. <laughs> Barefoot. Two they, I, I was reading about it. They, they filmed him in slow motion slow to show him how the show That's really him. clever. Yeah. They said he could not throw for shit. That's why they never show him throwing. Could not throw a baseball. Mm. That's interesting uh, because... You can tell a lot of these guys are actually playing baseball. Yeah. Like, and that's something that helps Charlie Sheen's performance a lot is that he was offered a scholarship uh, for college uh, baseball, which I believe yeah. he turned down. They said he could throw a fastball at maxing out at about 88 miles an hour. He said because of some steroids. Which <laughs> <laughs> was Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't... I, I don't. You can't blame people for taking steroids, like especially like I've I've never understood why you blame or you look bad on look down on wrestlers for taking steroids. I don't understand it because you're beating your body up. Steroids help you heal faster. Normal players don't do what wrestlers do, so I've never understood that really. Mm-hmm. Stallone did it. Yeah, I mean for Christ's sake, they're entertainers. Fuck. Yeah, I mean hey, I mean they uh, and I never realized they moved the mound closer. That's, to that's a good to idea. Help. And with that back it's supposed to be how long? 90 feet? 90 yeah, feet. 90 just, 90, like, right, just like right. the bases. Yeah. Know? I always remember that playing Little League and like being on first base and looking at second and thinking of Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. Like, that's not 90 feet. Like, because they, they it's much smaller for kids. So right. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine running 90 feet to get the second base? This is a child. That's, my friend Eddie uh, is a baseball fanatic, and he and I used to argue what's better, football or baseball. And, and we talk about athletes. And my own thing was, well, as a baseball player, you spend 88% of the game sitting down. And then he would laugh. He goes, yeah, but to score in baseball, you've got to run 360 feet, not 300. Hmm. And he was like a valid point because of the 90, 90, 90. Right. And I was like, yeah, but not all at once. Uh, I, uh, it, I've, that brings up Serrano. Mm-hmm. Fucking Dennis, Dennis Haysburg. Haysburg. Yeah. You remember talking about we could really play baseball? He said he was fucking cranking those out like nothing. Oh, he's hitting them. But then, like they said, like the one where he hits, like he he the didn't expect to, he didn't expect to hit that one. And that's why he holds the bat because it's it one of the was, best accidents ever. Because like yeah, but the way this the guy bat's treats a character, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the I love that how that that's a that's a, a character that is lampooned in a lot of ways, like uh, kind of overdone in movies is the type of. Superstitious character. Mm-hmm. Remember, even in Bull Durham, like how they, yeah. how they, they kind of, you know, I, I, it's this interesting. Is, this to, is right on the line. It's really like, interesting like, to compare this movie. This is where I thought and, Major League Two went too far when they brought in the Japanese character. Mm-hmm. It's too goofy, way too goofy. Serrano was the perfect mix, but he also had shit he could bounce off of. <laughs> like uh, uh, all the major characters 
have a feud with one other guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, Vaughn is feuding with Dorn, and Serrano feuds with Harris. Harris is an underrated guy. Yeah, Harris okay. is great. I, I really want to talk about him because that, I, that actor... I never remember him, but he's, he's in so many Last movies. Boy Scout's what I always remember. Yeah, he's in that. Fuck you, Baynard. Not, yeah. getting, not getting my vote. He's, I just Richie wanted, Rich. I was in that. I've yeah. always been wanting to hear the messages that Bruce Willis is leaving on his answering machine. Remember when they talked oh, about yeah. the last Boy Scout that Baynard's getting these messages? Mm-hmm. He's harassed. <laughs> All right, Baynard. He's, I love his different jellies and that Euchre calls him out on it throughout the whole movie. Vaseline ball. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to hey, why throw it. Yeah, he's a fascinating reason. character because he's not played by a major star. Mm-hmm. But... There's a lot of endearing qualities to him. Because I love the fact that he's very hypocritical when it comes to religion. Oh, mm-hmm. And Doran calls him out on oh, it. yeah. But I, that's one of my favorite scenes. Is he when t- he's talking to Vaughn. Yes. That scene is incredible. Because it, it, it kind of touches on Bull Durham's uh, yeah. territory bit, which is... You know, I need to put on whatever, put on the ball, whatever I can. It's an underrated scene because it's because it's not comedic. No, that's why it's forgotten a lot. It's sweet, yeah, and it's and it's it's, uh, tragic at the same time that eventually Rick Vaughn will be in his position. And that's why if they do that third one, they have to call back that scene. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it would be perfect. What is it, Crisco? Vagisil yeah. and and the the jalapeno jalapeno for snot. You put snot on the ball, like that. And then if you ever listen to baseball players talk about. Uh, what baseball movie is the most accurate to the way things really are? They say it's Major League. Yeah, yeah, that this is as close as it as it gets in terms of um, the way it actually is behind the scenes and in front, which is uh, very interesting. He though he's he's playing the I, I think it's cool that he it's something that's forgotten in the final game that he pitches a hell of a game yeah. against the Yankees. Vaughn pitches against Haywood and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Harris, like, because that's why it's like, man, I can get one more. Co- no, I ain't gonna have to do that. I always thought that was sad. He goes, I think I got one more in me, Skip. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah. And we gotta let the young kid and, and they don't dwell on it enough. Like, no. Harris is he's such a great character, but, you know, when everyone, usually no one talks about Because he's character. kind of a heel. And I think that's why he comes off as of a Serrano. heel. Yeah. You know, yeah. you might want to think about taking Jesus Christ as your Lord. To and it's a lot of Jesus that, Harris. Yeah. The, the prayer scene. Because he's like oh. still like he's wanting to pray and he keeps taking God's name in vain through the prayer. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's happening. Then when they're on the plane, the <laughs> propeller plane, and he's like religion stuff. He's like, oh, see, there you go. And he's reading a hustler. He's reading a hustler. He's, he's not fooled. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. Let's talk about Dorn then. We talked about brought up Dorn is almost representative of what the professional athlete was looked upon as at this point. A prima donna, not really into it for the game. And this is pre-strike too. Yeah. Pre-strike. But, you know, is all into basically what's next. How can I use baseball to do the next thing in my life? Yeah. Just to propel himself. But I think it's what's great is like all of his, and he's a major heel throughout oh, yeah. the movie. But Especially one of the best redeeming moments strike ever. This mm-hmm. motherfucker. Out. It's, so, it's, it's, we can it's talk about that ending. Because yeah. the final, I'd say, 10 or 15 minutes of that movie are fucking stellar. Yeah. I, I, I sit up and, like, just. I, it's like watching it first time all over again. Um, some of the, like, three characters kind of on the outside here. We'll start, like, just to close out with the baseball guys. Harry Doyle, the commentator. Yeah. Our radio broadcaster, Bob Euchre. A former baseball player. Yep. Himself. And at the time was commentating Brewers games. Oh, oh Brewers. no, wait, wait. I'm sorry. He was commentating Brewers games. He might have I don't know if he played for the He might have played for the A's. Well, I read he something was doing that Mr. Belvedere at this yeah, point. Yeah, see, that's he, the thing. That's why David Ward hired him. I, th- I don't think David Ward knew. He did. No. That's just incredible. So cool. 
He is, and, and what, WrestleMania appearances too. Mm-hmm. Bob Uecker was fantastic. He might like, be one of the most important characters in the movie. He's one of the few who's in all three, mm-hmm. and he actually is the only good shit in the third movie. Yeah, his. I would like to see him do a like another gimmick battle royal and get Euchre to come out and call it. That would be really good. And he apparently improvised a lot of these mm-hmm. hilarious. Just a bit outside. That. That's the the. I mean, I, ball four, ball eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This, Jesus, that's funny. And here's now that's an interesting part too is that a lot of people that watch this movie, uh, like apparently this movie has a good following overseas. They have no concept of baseball whatsoever, but they love this movie. But there's no way they get that joke. Right. Ball four, ball eight. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of like, I read that shit a lot. Like, oh, we have no idea how baseball works. And this movie doesn't really help a lot in terms of how that last game works, right. as we have just proven. Right. But yeah, it's a very well loved movie. Right. Yeah, totally. I I I think uh, I especially like when you see him pouring the jack immediately into the mm-hmm. cup. Like, there's so many commentators little, now oh, that man. I've heard that do that. Yeah, radio broadcasters. He, does that. he puts a little behind his ear. Yeah. yeah, which is just does he like the smell of it? Maybe. Uh, then the, I like his drinks progress throughout. Yeah, they do. He's the got umbrella like a- drink in the freaking styrofoam cup. Um, what's good is he's like, you know, you could tell a lot how the season's going to go by the first at bat for the team. Oh, look at that. He's on base. And then immediately he just goes, he turns to them and everybody's thumbs up. Oh, and yeah. then like, he goes to steal it and he goes, he goes, well, you know. The first on base uh, hit from the season opener in 15, 15 years. years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and who's his partner? Uh, I never remember his name. He's in the second one also. What do you got anything to say about it? Nope. That's uh, why he's the best color man of the business. Not really. Yeah, I, some of his stuff like um, he leads the league in strikeouts, and hits bat, and hit bats, or and he says, "Is he is he got this a guy uh, threw it his own kid at a father's <laughs> son game? Did this guy have a criminal record? Uh, no, it doesn't say here. Well, he ought. <laughs> 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 uh, um, so we said he's important. The owner of the team, Mrs. Phelps, and this is interesting because the alternate ending would have spun this character a whole different direction. Yeah. It were, and it's not even the alternate ending, it's the original ending. Yeah. So, oh, oh my God. Right. This is one of the few times where you'll read something about test audiences where it actually helped the movie. The test audiences hated it. Mm-hmm. Hated that ending. And yeah, it is on the, the DVD and the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested, but my God, it, it's only worth one watch, if any. Um, I'm reading about the playoffs because I want to just, I want to lock that down because that's just, that's been pulling at me is like like and I and and I th- I seem to remember it being that there was a, a system before the wild card around this time. But anyway, um the Mrs. Phelps character is interesting because this also predates like really expansion movement mm. doesn't start happening a lot in sports. Like really well, foreshadowed yeah. yeah. It's it, like the precursor to baseball. It happened obviously I know teams moved, it's been happening, but it doesn't become like as big a deal it feels like until the until the nineties. So mm-hmm. this really feels like it foreshadows that. Um, well, I can't blame her. I'd rather live in Miami than Cleveland. Absolutely. Yeah. An- another character we talk about, Lynn, the Rene Russo part. Yeah. Is interesting because, um, in a lot, of it, I, I guess really she's important in terms of just the Jake Taylor part of it, you know, and everything. How, you know, we see her trying to get. She's she's maybe going to get married. She's a librarian. She used to be a swimmer, and oh, there's Olympic, all these. Well, she was a alternate. Alternate on the uh, eighty Olympic team. Yeah. She's just, again, that goes back to the B-plot. The B-plot being so very, very cool in this movie. And almost to the point where if that was the A-plot, I don't think I would have, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have had a problem. Because I, I would have. Right. I, 
there was an original written ending where the movie ends with them getting married. Yeah. But I like that they cut it because they thought that that put too much emphasis on their relationship and not the baseball team. Yes. Yeah, I like that the, the movie never really loses focus of the fact that this movie is about this team and this ensemble, which this really is. This is an ensemble it piece because everybody is. gets shit in that's funny. And when you were talking about where he gets stalkerish, yes, he just magically could get into any place in the Cleveland, apparently. But I like how he's the toast he has with Charlie Sheen and Wesley Snipes. Where his mind, you know, one more day in the sun. And then he sees her. It's like, okay, I've got this chance to play in the major leagues in America again. I'm going to do all I can to get this this lady back. That's the love mm-hmm. of my life. And then that's why he's so aggressive it's with his, it. Because if it doesn't work, it, it's not going to. It's his last shot on a professional level. Mm-hmm. And it's his last shot on a personal level. Yeah. Right, that's why this is such a good performance from Tom Berenger. Yeah. He plays it so well. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and... And this is a guy that... This character has fucked up a lot. Yeah, they, they talk about... She has every reason to not... Go back to him, right? Mm-hmm. What's and then what's what's funny in this is like again, like we whenever we have a character we like who wants to get with a person that he's been with before, but he can't get with now because she wants to be with some other guy. Mm-hmm. We immediately hate that other guy. Yeah, and this guy is written for that purpose. perfectly. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's a slime ball. He's he's yupp. He's eighties yuppie. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. That whole yeah. party scene is great. What party? Yeah. I mean, I know what I know what you're talking about, but it's like it's two couple or yeah, three couples. Really, yeah, it's not a couple of young people, right. and they're sitting around eating a giant. That one lady is. I, oh, she's she's wanting her some Jake Taylor. Yeah, and then like the part I've never understood is when he says, "I make the league minimum." I'm just like, "That's a shitload of money." It was twice as much as what the average income yeah, in the man, U.S. household was. That's a lot of fucking was. money. Like, like Jesus, like that's why like her all looking all disheveled. Like, all, um, she oh, kind of turns away at that. I'm point. Not wet anymore. It is. It is a funny. It is a weird Dried scene. Up like a it's a. It's a funny scene where like, I, you can tell it's a scene where like we know where Z is. They have to say that you know um, they they have to allude that they had a relationship. But the way they have to get there, like oh, I want to go home and have a couple of kids that are Olympic champions. Uh, well, what kind of Olympic yeah, champions? It's a little. Weird. You know what I mean? Like they really force the they force the issue with they it. They didn't but, even make it like where this guy's friends are dicks. You know, like even if it was the other guy going, yeah. ah, I just want him to say it. To you, because you're my friend, but I fucking hate you still, kind of thing. It's you know? weird. Who are these people? Like, because it's like you got this couple, which I mean, she's pretty hot, but then there's this guy, who's just whatever the hell's going on with him. And then there's just completely like two generations removed, yeah, older older people. Like, who are these? People? I, I, I just thought it was clients? like a, I always thought it was going to be either clients because he was an attorney, right, or his rel- like in laws, like, but not her. Like, I had that thought too. But you think they would have brought it up? One thing the movie doesn't focus on, and like we forget about it, and it's okay with us. But if when you really get down to it, there's this lingering storyline that maybe she's she, that she is a lower class mm-hmm. woman on her way up, on her way up because of her apartment. He he talks about her going uptown. Yeah. It's about right. one of those like you know, I'm trying to go to upper society because I think that's what I'm supposed to do, but it's not where I fit. Like they don't. You're right. They, they, and the thing is, like we forgive the movie because mm-hmm. there's so many other things that are. Like more compelling, right? But it is something that they just don't—they don't give Rene Russo a lot with. This subplot could be a real drag. Oh yeah, like, yeah. easily in a in a guy movie, and this is one of the most guy movies ever. Absolutely. But it's it's done so well, and it's cast so nicely. Like I, I love Rene Russo, and I'm, I actually really miss seeing her in movies. Yeah. You know, like why did she? Do you ever know why she bowed out? Like obviously, I assume she, she turned forty and had kids. Yeah. I, and then like she was in Thor and Thor two. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, so was Anthony Hopkins. I mean, you know. But 
you just asked for it. No, I mean, like she, no, but, but that's not like like even Michelle no, Pfeiffer I, I guess, is still doing. I used like, to think this though too. Like her appearances were very erratic. Like mm-hmm. they, there's not like, like Lethal, two, two for the money. Yeah, two for oh, the fuck. money. Like uh, an interesting choice for the Thor thing is is definitely an interesting choice because mm-hmm. it's like like yeah, it, there's not a lot to it, and she's a capable actress. Like it seems totally. like after Thomas Crown Affair, that was it. Yeah. But she I'll was in Ten Cup, right? Yeah, because she was so good. Hot in Ten call. Cup. That's, a gr- like, That's a good her, movie. Her run in the nineties is really good. I, then, I think she gives a great performance in Ransom. I, I, mm-hmm. like, Absolutely, it's like Mel's movie. Yes, but like she is solid. That's a role you could easily just be content with and fold right. in. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunately, like, in Major League 2, she has one scene. Yep. And I think she's a great part of this movie. Yeah, it's... And I love the bits about Moby Dick and reading the classics and how he, he reads, reads a comic. Yeah. But they all have to get them... And, and, like, are we supposed to get that they were just left on the plane or the bus or something? Because that's when they pop up is once the... the comic? Yeah, the comics were... Because they all have them on the plane scene... Because he's like, oh, oh yeah. Because I love the part. Is that a detective story? Yeah, like with Crime and Punch, was that detective? Yeah. Man, Burnson just tags him with that. You know what he throws at? Yeah. Because I know he really hits him in the scene. Like he accidentally hit, like really hit Charlie Sheen. No way. Yeah. That's Ooh. why I guess I didn't. Charlie looks pissed. Well, like they, they, that's why I think they filmed from, like they changed the angle then for the mm-hmm. next shot. Cause they're like, we have to keep going because they knew that that thing was going to mm-hmm. swell up if they Bell did up. a retake or something like that. But anyway, um,. The other characters, real quick, the last one I want to talk about are the fans. Yeah, that they use that throughout the at, at least like intermittently throughout the beginning of the movie. It kind of trickles off. Love I, too high. I, I those guys, the um, the Asian stadium workers, they're they're <laughs> shitty. They're, shitty. they're yeah. still shitty. The construction worker, because if, if you're if you're these you're, guys aren't fucking good. Yeah, man. these guys aren't so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. Once again, it's like. Like, and that's why, like, I I, I was curious because I know like Amanda's from Pittsburgh, and they they're the same kind of caliber fans where it's like they they're very hopeful, but they live within the negative. Like mm. it's uh, these guys suck. These guys are a bunch of bumps. I watch like it was one of my favorite moments watching a Steelers game up there in person was the fact that they have played amazing throughout the game. They had one bad kickoff at the end. They were comfortably ahead. They mess it up, and I hear this guy next to me, oh, a bunch of bums! And I started laughing because I was like... This is what I don't get. I, I was like, right here. wait a minute, wait, why are you so upset, Immediate betrayal. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. They didn't even hesitate to, like, stall it. No. The way I see it, average sports fans can turn, turn on a dime. Oh my and I'm God. like, what is wrong with you? But then again, like, I do love when wrestling, like, if, like I started watching, it was after the um, WrestleMania 28, after Rock Pensina... And like watching like reactions on YouTube, oh the children, like the one guy who I took love those dads. fat kid. Oh, the fat kid went over like took it over the edge. But like the, where people just destroy things, like it, sometimes on purpose. Mm-hmm. It was a game. It was like a, it was totally a work. And sometimes like these, this guy legit lost his mind over something like a wrestling match or a sports event or something like that. It's like I just I don't follow. <laughs> a great one is the Alabama Auburn game from two years ago, where the guy like they missed the field goal, but he returned it like 110 yards back, which is as far as you could possibly return it. But to watch it from the living room he ran all the way, <laughs> literally, literally, like, he didn't stop. Like, when you watch it from the perspective of the, I think it was the Auburn, I'm sorry, the Alabama fans, and like in the living room, like they're like they just come completely apart within the span of 10 to 30 seconds. Uh-huh. It's magic, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the scrub. Wait, just go. The Scrubs guy. Did you guys ever watch Scrubs at all? Sometimes. Just, the the running gag is 
but he the was janitor in was in Fugitive, and he said, "I've been in other movies too." And then we go and show it, so it's like this just running thing. It's like Major League, like it just shows his scenes. I love when stupid, like just stupid shit. Like I that. didn't know they they referenced Major League. They do. It's the I remember the Fugitive. Yeah, Fugitive <laughs> janitor. I did not realize because this is something I I knew with baseball and everything. This movie with Charlie Sheen when he comes out and they play Wild Thing, mm-hmm. that was not really a thing in baseball yet. Mm-hmm. And then it became oh, it like, yeah. and it's it's is like, there a cooler fucking song to come out to than that? Like, all right, so well, Inner Sandman's a good if you're close. Mariano Rivera when he came out to Inner Sandman, it was that thing's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, one of the coolest ones. John Smoltz would come out. You know what I'm about to say? La Bamba. What? I, what? I don't remember. Dancing I, Queen. And he's one of the like the most, most like badass. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he throws like a hundred on every pitch, even when he's curveballs. Wow! <laughs> and and remember, like John Rocker came out to Rocky like a hurricane, yeah. and then he made his comments, and then the Scorpions were like, "Please don't ever do that again." What did he say? He, he <laughs> oh, look at that bait. He he talked he talked about um. I've never heard this. He talked about he, he was talking about people on the subway in New York. He he. Refer to a bunch of queers on the subway. Basically, that's that what, ought to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it was something along those lines. And this was, and that just ended his career. Like mm-hmm. he would pitch beyond that, but he no was never the same. Like because no. everybody just was like, yeah, "You're a piece of shit." But, Not a shame. <laughs> but dude, when he, it was so fun. he would come like sprinting out of the dugout or out of the bullpen, and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, rock you like. And I was like, dude, you may be a little gas by the time you hit the mound. I think Santino power walking yeah. at some points. But um, I think that was I never realized that this movie kind of started that trend. But yeah, when he comes out to that, because you know how they build that they. Mm. It's like a low wobbling. Well, guitar. throughout the movie, I mean, like they they. That he's the wild thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like the jukebox scene where they're yeah. in the bar and, mm-hmm. and it builds. It gradually there's a builds. Wild thing. We see the fan, the fans sing it yeah. when there's still the not guy, a lot. The of... guy that looks like Marcus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally looks like. Marcus. And it's a great because he gets the nickname for having no control, and right. it winds up just it's it's perfect. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the whole spring training sequence, like like. Uh, James Newton Howard's score for this movie is fan fucking tastic. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Love all the shit he's got, uh, especially with Willie Mays Hayes like at the batting plate. Charlie Sheen pitching to that standee. Mm. Oh Pits my right god, nuts! He <laughs> <laughs> takes the head off. His reaction. Just... <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of Charlie he's got a lot Sheen of great scenes. little like, like hot shots moments mm-hmm. like that. One of the one of the the scenes in the movie that's interesting is the dinner scene where he uh, Berenger takes him to a, him a French restaurant. Oh, yeah. yeah, what language is in? They got corn, <laughs> chili dogs. <laughs> yeah, they got chili dogs there. Or and then goes, I feel like what does he say? I feel, I feel like, like a banker in this. Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> <laughs> "It's an old joke, but he makes it I, work." He looks ridiculous. I love that he's out there pitching. Why do restaurants training. like? I don't understand the tie thing because it's like clearly that guy is just put on a necktie. He has but no shirt he's on. Got, well, yeah, he's, he's, got got, he's got this thing about sleeveless. He goes, yeah, we wear caps and sleeves. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he just grabs his dick. Yeah. Like, Charlie Sheen is so fucking badass yeah, in this the, movie. The scene, like when Behringer spots Rene Russo with another guy, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, "We take my bag, beat the, the shit out of him," and then no. <laughs> That quick cut to he doesn't answer like since he doesn't answer it's just no. <laughs> the lean edge no. he just he does this little head I, it's a that scene though like it comes back to these themes and I love these themes in the movie of an, like it's it's anti authority it's anti tradition it's the it's blue it really is like and that's that's something that's fascinating because um, 
The other theme of the movie that's fascinating is letting go. And that's the Jake Taylor kind of theme of the movie. Is, is about letting go of baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's summed up in a couple of scenes. I love um, the when he's alone in the stadium and he... It's a really good scene. I mean, I don't I like I, I don't like Sheen and, and Snipes at the end. They kind of ruin it. I don't like uh, that because the thing about that Tom Berenger scene, I used to do that. Yeah, I mean, everyone calls the shot. Yeah, every kid oh, man. wants to call the shot. Yeah, I love that too. Like, you think of Babe Ruth. Yeah, I, mean, I do think of Tom Berenger. <laughs> That's good because it's not so much Tom Berenger doing it. It's I love the insert shot of James Gammon, yeah. smiling and just kind of like like that's what baseball was about like for me yeah like it's like anything's possible the setup that is a brilliant setup because at the end of the movie what he ends up doing he does the most anti like hero thing the ultimate suicide squeeze yes yeah and which that's great too yeah because Jake is all about the team Right, he's always been about the team, and this move that he's about to pull off is about the team. Another little thing they set up: Doyle sets it up. He's zero and twelve against the Duke. Yeah, so he's the never Duke. gotten a hit on. Never the Duke. And his guy's his first name. I do love when he calls a shot, and that guy's like, "Yeah, fuck you." Oh, Throws right at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tom Berenger. Yeah. He about tags him. Yeah, which is interesting. Like the psychology of that. He's clearly planning on bunning the entire time. Do you think maybe he thought Duke would throw at him? Because he doesn't even prepare to go for the bunt right. once that ball like leaves Duke's hand, which is interesting too. Because Willie Mays Hayes does, and during the actual pitch, he starts running way before oh, uh, yeah. Duke throws the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so like that's an interesting. I think it's fast because normally in a scene like that, when you they say he's zero for twelve, it's like we just talked about. Kurt Angle has his whole family there. He's going to win yeah. the match. Mm-hmm. You you're not going to do anything different than that in a situation like this. When you're zero and twelve against the most badass pitcher ever threw at his kid in a game, and it's just the you know whatever. You expect oh it's home run, it's a it's a double in the gap, it's going to be something yeah, big. It's no, it's the most anti thing ever. In this in shit, and <laughs> it's the choice to film it in slow motion with Behringer running, where it's literally like it. It looks like the, it hurts like the hell. baseball oh, spirit his, is oh, leaving his, his body. Yeah. Like this is that's it. it, it it's and he collapses it, and he lands yeah. right on his knees. Yeah. It's so good. Like, it's oh, yeah. such a fitting It's one of the way. best finales to a movie ever. Oh, yeah. Like, I love, like, you don't really know who the next batter is, but then that, that thing, that the weight on the bat just clank, just drops, and then it, and then the music kicks in and Taylor starts walking, like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> Serrano in that game is so good because he's, you knew it had to pay off. It had to pay off at some point. It's like, yeah, fuck you, Joe Boo. Yeah, I, I do it on my own. Jay Bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. <laughs> That's one of the best fucking lines. But the the great part about Joe Boo, praise him, by the way, is the uh, throughout like we the double turn is the super uh, religious guy at the Harris. end is Harris is got Joe Boo while he's like warming up in the bullpen before the game. Yeah, like it's the, right there, right next to him. He's like this movie is a. Uh, mean to religion. Yeah, it's like not, not really. Like the meanest line, which comes from Harris, which is actually fucking hilarious, is "Are you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball?" Yeah, that line is gold. Yeah, but man. no, that's not what Serrano's saying. He actually no. says he likes Jesus very yeah. much. This movie could have easily been very offensive. Yeah, uh, totally. to, to religion, absolutely not. And it's it skates it perfectly. I love the like, we got to do something. What Serrano wants more power. He's going to sacrifice a live chicken. I don't think it's a good idea. We can't have the guys throwing it in the locker room. I'll come up with something. And he gets the bucket of chicken. He said, you said you need a whole chicken. And then later where he's like, oh, for whatever in the game, he's like, should have got the live chicken. And then Barons are just... I don't know. Wade Boggs actually did that before. He ate a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket. He would eat chicken after every game. It's these weird superstitions. 
there are a couple other scenes. The most, you know, what's actually the most tender Charlie Sheen scene in the movie. Like, you figure it would come at the end. With uh, Dorn's wife? Mm. Yeah, well, that's... I it, love that reaction mm. that he has. My, I really hit... I, I loved it this time, because in the beginning of the movie, like, he's the tough, young, kid, badass. Same with Lou Brown? Just before that, when Taylor sets it up, like he sets up what's the thing, the conflict of, or the thing you're kind of looking for is the red ticket. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. When he opens, it's a brilliant shot. Mm-hmm. It is an amazing. It's a shot that almost doesn't belong in this type of movie. It's so good. <laughs> you have that out of focus in the foreground, and then you just barely see the red. Mm-hmm. And because oh, the yeah. whole time, like Charlie funny. Sheen is really like it's it gets to him about being sent back. He doesn't do you're a right. lot. It's very subtle because it comes back. Yeah. Uh, when, they, when he tells him that Harris is going to be pitching against the Yankees, you can see it in his eyes. It's so because then when he goes into Lou Brown's place and mm-hmm. he fucking he ch- he throws chair. that ball. Yeah, God, because of course fucking ass. Did you, yeah. did you notice how out of control that was? Still not in control <laughs> at all. Freaking I love not in it. the locker. And no. it, good. I, I like that. That's the player spirit. I didn't touch you. Yeah, and man, Dorn, he just eats it. Real fucking funny, asshole. The other... Because we already talked about Jake crashing the party. I just wrote it down again. When the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. is so cool. Mm-hmm. Because it's the it's probably the most down moment of the movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last long. Yep. But it's so cool the way... Um, Gammon sets it up. A scene before is like, we just need some to pull it all together. Like Rachel Phelps will never allow that to happen. This yeah. is the thing that's going to pull it all together. And what's interesting, I remember Tony Romo last year for the Cowboys when he came back, they referenced this scene because that's the only way the Cowboys were going to get in the playoffs was to win every game. And, of course, in to- total sports irony, he gets injured in the next game and that doesn't happen. But, <laughs> but What a bummer movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always love the way he delivers it, too, because it's not... Um, he that's a line reading. That's a line reading where you could easily sail that way. He mm-hmm. just and he he puts a little bit of pause in between each word. Mm-hmm. That's just it's great acting. Yeah, it's and good when it's just yeah, and, and a great little montage. The that scene also calls back to Lou Brown says when he's talking, he's like Jake, I need somebody who's going to lead this team. <laughs> it's like, you wouldn't lie to me, would you? No, never. You better. <laughs> it's a great that. line. It's like uh, he would say that. Yeah, I. You better fucking lie. It's like acting. Yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, the job of Charlie Sheen's battle or Rick Vaughn's battle with Lou Haywood. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he, he cannot strike this guy out. Yeah. You know that guy? I never realized the real baseball player. And he never ever hit a home run. <laughs> <Never hit a home laughs> <home. laughs> no, but it looks like he could. Man, yeah. it does. It, it really. I love does. the the first wow. line. Is like. How's your uh, wife? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Bob Uecker's line Doyle is oh. like he goes and he knocks that one clear to South America he's like I forgot who the guy said so and so's gonna need a visa to catch it <laughs> oh he also says uh, what is it now Vaughn is O for lifetime <laughs> <laughs> but that's why it's not it's not such a tragic thing because the sports movies follow a lot with westerns mm-hmm. where there's the white hat the black hat and then there's a build up and then the showdown mm-hmm. and the Charlie Sheen's character, not a Vaughn and this Haywood guy, every time he gets the best of him. Every time. And then, like, there it is. That's the only thing they get is that high noon showdown. Oh, yeah. Those three pitches. You're right. It's very similar to a Western. Mm-hmm. I, and I always love that final pitch that he throws, and you hear Charlie Sheen audibly grunt. <clears throat> yeah. 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 And then the way it sounds when it hits that mitt. Like, 101. Bam! Yeah, yeah 101. Yeah, fucking, so fucking cool. 
I, I did just so the, it does make sense based on 1989. The I, but it's what they win at the end. It's not the World Series. They just won the. I think the pennant is all they want. They're going to the World Series, right? Because yeah. I think because the next in Major League Two, I think I think it's left to believe that they that they no they lost the World Series. They did. They actually say that. I remember that. I was like, that's what, what the is, fuck. Because I knew there was some weird hang up in the second movie that I had where it was like, oh. Because it's, like it's all for nothing. Yes. See, I hate but that. That second I movie fucking blows. Hate that. I, I, it bothers me to no end when you do that. When you do something that invalidates like that, it's it has to do like with another forty eight hours, with the the keyhole. Yeah. It's like fuck, man. Like that totally screws him. Like that fucks up his character in that first movie because it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, all right. Just the point being like that. Maybe if that, they actually released the version of that movie they intended to release. Right. Which what, have you heard about that? Another 48 hours, originally 2 hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Then they shaved it to 2 hours and 5 minutes. And then the week before Total Recall came out, they shaved it down to 95. And the guy who played Keyhole, uh, what's his name? Ben, um, the guy from Tango and Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brian James. Brian James, yeah. He said he would never do a major Hollywood film again because they cut so much of his character. Yeah. Like, they actually cut the scene where uh, Nick Nolte figures it out. Like, when he gets the evidence together. Yeah, so, so what good. a bummer. But yeah, I I, I agree. That's why I think I think it would have been better if Major League Two A had been filmed much sooner. That's yeah, a five year gap. Yeah, but if it had taken place during that World Series and maybe then if they lost, like that would have been interesting. But what's so the just, end, so once again, what's the end of Major League Two again? I forget. Oh, uh, it ends with uh, Vaughn striking, striking out Parkman. Yeah, and it's and that's it. It's the White Sox instead of the Yankees, so it's a whole different team. Right, and Parkman was an Indian that went. Yeah. To the White Sox. Gotcha. And it's only been a year, even though it's clearly been five, and it seems like Charlie Sheen has now become Jake Taylor. Yeah. And I hate that. He so, has to, his whole arc is becoming Rick Vaughn again. Mm-hmm. Now, so I love the... What do they win at the end of it? I think it? it's the same thing, It's because it's not the World Series. Because mm-hmm. it would, if it's a White Sox, it'd be the same That's league, yeah, the so same league. it means the highest would be, would be the pennant. Right. All right. Okay. Not a bad movie. It's just to go from the, the great R rated picture that this is to yeah, family friendly so fair. Let's talk about the success the success of it money wise. It was a budget of what, like eleven? Eleven or twelve. And it made fifty, roughly. I think just oh. under fifty. Charlie Sheen was making twice this movie's budget doing two and a half minutes. I mean yeah. right. So yeah. what's fun to talk about, he has probably the best run of any actor from like nineteen eighty six six on to the to My God. I was thinking about that too. He had some great movies, critically acclaimed and dramatic. I mean, look at the critical ones alone: Wall, Wall Street, Street, Platoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, then Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Good he's great in that little scene that he's in. Um, yeah. But after that, you get Minute Work. Minute Work, well, which is beloved. It's it is. It's beloved. I, I like yeah. it a lot. Uh, the but, two uh, Hot Shots movies. Yeah. It, when's When's Hot Shots one? Ninety one. Same year as Naked Gun. Okay. Yeah. So after me, yeah, I got you. But so, then, like, it was about. After Hot Shots Two, it was like yeah. the, the chase and then Terminal Velocity, the, the, arrival. the arrival. Yeah, yeah, it's like this Charlie Sheen. Like, well, oh. what's the one where he's an Indian, the Indian biker? You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know the name though, because there's one that Val Kilmer does. I get these all confused. Do you remember the Rookie? The Rookie. All right, so Clint Eastwood. The fake Dirty Harry sequel is. I mean, it is. It it's a perfect movie to do for this podcast because it's. I wanted to talk to you about this real quick. So I finally saw an Eastwood movie I'd never seen before. Uh, not to get off topic, but I saw The Iger Sanction. Oh, and, wow. And yeah. Eastwood directed it. And yeah. sure enough, what came up? A little bit of rape. It's a little rapey. And I, told, I said this to my dad, and he's like, I've never noticed that. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, Will pointed it out to me. Almost every movie he directs, 
this comes up. Like, he actually asks a girl in Iger Sanction if she likes rape. And I'm like, what the? Like, like, ty- like tightrope is, like, is quintessential him. Because he's watching, like, he gets all into it. Like, his character, like, is trying to figure out or solve a mystery. And he kind of gets immersed in this world. And he finds out he kind of likes it and everything. And it's it's just this weird subplot. eight movies that, yeah. I, that I could think of. If you look at it, I, I, I Googled this once. If you Google it, you're going to see, like, because it, it counts both act just acting and then um, directing or acting slash directing. I haven't noticed it's it in movies that he didn't ton. act or that he didn't direct in. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think like, um, had it been weird in every, oh, Trouble with the Curve, like, it's the weirdest, it is the, uh, and I kept, I was waiting for it, and I was like, well, maybe it's not going to be in here, wrong, it's a bit, (laughs) well, maybe it's not going to be in here, nope, there it is, it's a little bit, the the one that's the weirdest is, I think, Gran Torino, well, I was, I was going to say Gran Torino, because it's just like, did we need to look down and notice this? And have it pointed out to us. It's just not needed. Yeah. We know they're heels. Absolute power. Even the president rapes. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Like, remember we talked about the career prog- the cr- progression for Eastwood was, he's uh, he he does the he is the rapist. And rookie, he gets raped. He gets raped. And then he <laughs> wa- he's watching it in absolute power. He watches. <laughs> he watches it. High plains drifter. He does it through supernatural means. Yes. It's <laughs> this straight like. I don't Sudden understand impact. it. Like I love Clint Eastwood to death. I mm-hmm. love all his movies, but it is an uncomfortable thing that is there that, quite frankly, isn't talked about a whole lot. And he's he can get away with it. He's invincible. He's bulletproof, except he's when it comes on. to politics. politics. <laughs> yeah. That's what comes. From. Anyway, all right. So but yeah, the rookie. But Sheen is on a Sheen's in that. Um, I can't say the same enough about for Tom Berenger. Like he doesn't. He doesn't like. He is sniper. A, yeah, like, that's about he all. He was in. I just can't help but notice how big his head is. If you watch Inception, Tom, like that's why oh, I was yeah. like, Tom Berridge's head is huge. Training day, and I always thought like, did it get bigger? It's like, no, it's always been that big. His hair in this is just cut out. Now, he's from Buford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he. Uh, I've never. I, I've my aunt bumped into him a few years ago. <laughs> now yeah. I've always heard not the most not pleasant. The nicest guy. That's yeah. what I've heard. Um. He was amazing. Probably the best part of Hatfields and McCoys. I think his performance oh, yeah. was he was absolutely. Wow. Oh, that was the best thing he did. You know, it was either the Emmy or the Globe. Well deserved that he won. He got the Emmy. So did Costner. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, again deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barringer though is uh, uh, it was really a return to form mm-hmm. for him. But um, now he's made four sniper movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corbin Burnton. You know how old he was when he did Major League? Mm-hmm. How how old do you think? Thirty five. Does he look thirty-five to no. you? No. Or let me see. How old is he? How old did he look to you? Uh, early forties. Yeah, I. I thought he looked older. He's got bags under his eyes. I mean, yeah. he, he looks like he's retired, right? For the most part. Well, well even his doing, wife looks old. Was he doing the, uh, the Michael J. Fox where he was like burning, probably filming, flying back out? Could be. Let me ask you because this is something that now stuck out to me this time watching. What's supposed to happen with the relationship with his wife? Mm. Oh, I don't. Because uh, that happened, um, she just and I mean clearly he was doing stuff extramarital affairs, but and that's another thing too uh, <laughs> when they when they show Phelps's tits or whatever, you can clearly see Dorn grab a kid and put his hands over his eyes. <laughs> Whose kid is this? Mm-hmm. Is this his kid? Like, it's weird, but yeah, like the wife. But that's that's part of the buildup that I love. You know, you know, give me Vaughn. The music hits. Vaughn hits the mound. There's Dorn. They get that great moment. And then Vaughn just is like, yeah. Haywood comes up, strike out. My God. 
<laughs> I, I do love it. Like it, everyone celebrating just goes, yeah. just tags him. Oh yeah, it's a great moment. Like, yeah, everyone, everyone who feuded in the movie reconciles by the I, end. It's Rocky does this, but you know, in a movie, when it's about to end, it slows it down and then freeze frames it for the mm. final shot. I love that. When it's Wesley Snipes looks like he's trying to get into position. Though. Yeah, <laughs> shit, get out of my get out. <laughs> really you get the best yeah. of what I... um, although what brings it home though for me is uh, Renee Russo like her doing that it's really it's cool awesome yeah. I, that, that's all you need to see Baron's just like really oh because she does say in the movie when's a wedding it's October mm-hmm. and that would be when the playoffs are for baseball right. so yeah. that makes sense that actually is really makes sense but um, very fun, well done what I, I think we've pretty much like cover this thing as much is there anything that we're missing that you want to talk about other than just the individual moments which is pretty much the entire movie right well everyone's starting to love them because you're the the, not not just the the attendance is so low in the beginning yeah the attendance is low like opening day and it's like which that's ridiculous no that's not true well well, what you're saying because yeah like no matter how bad the major opening day is always how about the amount of extras that they had for this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like over 20,000 people. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. This wasn't like... Especially in Milwaukee to watch Cleveland Indians right. yeah. baseball. <laughs> yeah. Like, when they take the field in that final game, I mean, it is thunderous. Like, yeah. And just looking at that sea of people. It's huge. Yeah. That was the Jake. The J- Jacobs Field. Used to be, I remember that in the mid-90s was a cool stadium for, mm-hmm. for baseball. The... Uh, just the part where the commercials, where they start to do the commercials. Thank you for bringing that up. The, yeah. It's so cheesy because it's like, that's what happens is when you've got underdogs that suddenly you love and they do that great. And how Corbin Burnson, who's supposed to be this guy who wants to do so much after baseball, can't act. I do like that Dorn played him as a bad actor. Yeah. But, I know that was, wow. I, that reminded me of the 85 Bears when they, when they, that, Super that, Bowl that, I mean, they were all, every one of those guys, people you never heard of, Mongo. were characters all of a sudden, right. like on television. They were just athletes. It was, this movie is great with product placement. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind. Like, because it's, it's, yeah. it, it helps the scene, it serves the story. The American Express card, don't steal home without it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. I like it because then they play on that in Major League Two with Charlie Sheen's Old Spice deodorant right. commercial, which is, and what, yeah, you keep turning like, you know, it's and good then, parallel. Well, there's also, uh, and like I said, I wish it was Wesley Snipes. The Black Thunder, White Lightning oh thing with Jesse the Body Ventura it would have been so much funnier if it was Wesley Snipes. Yeah, because it's weird, like watching Omar Epps interact with Charlie Sheen as if he was in the first movie. It's like the chemistry is just not the same. No, no. And apparently, uh, Corbin Burnson said that he had bumped into Wesley Snipes on the street like in 1993. Yeah, told him that they were going to do Major League Two, and Wesley Snipes apparently looked at him and was like, "You're going to do that?" And Corbin said that. That was when he, when I realized that he became Wesley Snipes, you know, mm. the guy that. I don't. I can't necessarily blame him because the movie doesn't sound interesting, and I. Not five years later. I no. hate to side with the Harrison Ford type of thing because obviously we all would have wanted him to come back for Return of the Jedi if you know we were, if we were as at this age then and it's like oh god he may not come back for it like how could that be like what would they what would they do blah 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 that was that's Return of the Jedi. Major League Two look like shit. Like that sounds just it's a it's a no win scenario. I mean and I, it's gonna be watered down. I don't see how you could f- think it's gonna be successful. The first one's I it's one of those movies, man. The first movie is lightning in a bottle. Yeah, it, everything works. It's like the bad news. It, they, it did is. they not learn from that? Like I'm I don't oh, know sequels? on paper. Oh, they never sent the Cleveland Indians to Tokyo. 
<laughs> but like with Mr. Baseball. But, but, oh. But, <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, yeah. The only one, the only sequels that I think worked were the uh, the Mighty Ducks ones. Right, and those are good sequels. Right, because they started in PG land, mm-hmm. so you can't like you, you cannot. It's like and, and and what was and Major League Three was PG thirteen. Yeah. They went all over the board with this with this yeah. thing. Just, well, that's and by also, that point, I didn't care. Is no. this one they really start paying attention though that an R is not going to make the money that a PG and a PG thirteen would be? So that may be why. Well, nineteen ninety four, man. I mean, that was the year of Speed, mm-hmm. True Lies. Yeah. You know, Pulp Fiction. Maybe for a comedy. Yeah. Because I think like there, I even think today like even after the two thousand five success of Wedding Crashers and the thirty year, or forty year old virgin. Um, which you know, again, it was like, oh, these are R-rated comedies. They're not going to do very well. We're, we're going to be got to keep the budget low on them. No, they were immensely successful because they were good movies. They, you know, their individual scripts, their actors, their direct, everything worked for those individual flicks. Early to mid '90s R-rated comedies. I can't really. Like, not, I can think of early it's, it's mid '80s tough. comedies. Yeah. It's it wasn't really, really until I'd say uh, there's something about Mary. It's like an American Pie. It's almost yeah. like people looked at. All right, we got to keep it more like my cousin Vinny. Rated R. Oh, that one worked. Even though it's PG thirteen, but like, but it kind of, you know, it's edgy, you know, and things like that. Like, you can see smarmy dickhead producers trying to like, trying to force. You're trying to force rated R into PG thirteen, and then it just. It's not natural, Mm -mm. especially with a movie like this, because you already did all in terms of the sports analogy or the sports movie. You've done everything you can do. Right. So, um, Jason, do you have any final thoughts for Major League? I just really, really, really liked it. It It's a good pick. Absolutely. I mean, I dare say, like, it, it, for rating, like, what would you give it? Nine. What would you give it, Charlie? Oh, it's an easy ten. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate, it is a ten. I hate this because it sounds like I'm a hack as a fucking Oh, there's only about reviewer. Like 20, 25 movies I think I give that to. I mean... I've looked it up it's, recently. It's so good. But it's so good, and I will say it is my all-time favorite sports movie. Sports. Better than Rookie of the Year? Oh, way better. <laughs> With the way better. Gary Busey? Better than Little I, Big League? I, no, I was Sports movie. Remember how they kind of they they try to they tried to reinvent this movie a little bit for Mr. Baseball. Mm-hmm. They try to take elements of this. It's it's I dare say it's like they tried to like, well, if we take the Jake Taylor plot and, and make that, that the A plot and then move him over here. Everyone loves Tom Selleck. <laughs> that's not a bad movie, but it's no major league. No. So no, not even close. Um, so the next uh, oh, rating. Oh, I, oh, I'm a ten. I, oh, I, that's why I hate. I hate. Oh, I hate I the fact that I'm saying ten because on this podcast I've said the Naked Gun and Twister. Yeah, and 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 the thing is like, and I said Tremors, which I, I stand and, by. And there. and it's like I, I'm sorry. I'm not. Maybe I'm not a harsh enough critic when it comes to movies. But damn it, these are when a movie is like this. I can't imagine it being better. Like no. in terms of its genre, no. you have to take a movie at face value for what it's trying to do and what mm-hmm. it is. And you know this this movie. It's a great comedy, and it's yeah. a great romantic like, comedy. I'm going to throw out two other sports movies. And I'm gonna, I mean, obviously, uh, we can always do podcast things individually later, but just for in a general circumstance. I think Bull Durham's an amazing baseball movie. Yeah. A completely different baseball movie than this, yeah. but excels in its areas. It's about minor leagues. It's about, can you make it to the show? What happens when you make it to the show? What happens when you don't make it to the show, and you just live in the minor leagues for your entire career? Yeah. That's, that's a fascinating story. That movie is... Um, it, it, it's rating and its successes are completely different than major leagues. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of movie. Look at Ten Cup, a yep. golf movie. Yep. Now, that movie's brilliant because it shies away from it is the most out of nowhere ending that you could possibly imagine yeah. and succeed. Yeah. It's, it's so, there was a big flux because this one where this one was a comedy, there was a lot of sports movies that weren't. A lot of sports movies that were dramas like I mean uh, I feel the dreams kinda look at it as a sports movie. 
You don't look at it as a sports movie? Not even close. Why but, I mean, I, because I, I think of the movie is a, is about a personal journey. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's a father-son movie. Yeah, I think baseball I, plays a factor in it, mm-hmm. sure. And the way that that movie romanticizes baseball mm-hmm. is wonderful. Like, absolutely. And in terms of, like, it's hard to say, what's your favorite Kevin Costner baseball movie? It's well, like, well, I have to say Field of Dreams. And, you know, I, I can't say Even though you can't say it's a baseball movie. But it's movie. not really a baseball movie. Because I don't think it's about baseball. Right. I, I, I think baseball is a factor. As bad as the acting is in For Love of the Game, there's a lot of For the Love of the Game that's pretty good. The baseball shit is awesome. Yep. The romantic stuff, no. Man. Oof. John C. Riley's relationship with Costner yeah. is, is amazing. Oh, yeah. All right, so... And golf movies are good for the most part. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. Sure. Yep. Caddyshack. I, Legend of Bagger Vance? No. Uh, or uh, was it Bobby Jones' Stroke of Genius? or The movie that Bill Paxton directed? Oh. oh, that was the greatest game ever played. Oh, the played. greatest game ever played. So oh, yeah. weird. Such a weird title. I hate that. It sounds like you're asking for a lot <laughs> when, you name, <laughs> when you name a movie. That. That's a lot you're asking for. But right. I, I think baseball, in general, as a sport, has the best movies. I think there's more. But I also think it's that there's di- not enough movies made about other sports. Well, there's... Baseball is so incredibly mental. 61? Yeah. My God. Remember you talk about it sitting down for a lot of it? Mm-hmm. There's so much thinking... Involved because that's all you can do when you're just sitting there. There's nothing like looking at a baseball field. Like oh, it's in person. Well, it's, oh, it's beautiful. A little something got when you talked about the where you said he's twelve and zero, and like in a movie trope, you're gonna, of course, you're gonna, you're setting it up for success. Yeah. But baseball fans are so obsessed with numbers, and they bring he's due. Oh, money. So ball. if he's twelve and zero, it's a he's great due. Movie. Yeah, Damn, that's a money good ball. Yeah. Which was so refreshing when that came out because I remember thinking there has not been a great baseball movie in years. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like basketball, like has what blue chips, Hoosiers, yeah, six man, Ooh. oh, Ernest <laughs> Slam Dunk Ernest, love and basketball, Air Bud, I, I really like love and basketball, Ernie, the the yeah. movie where Whoopi oh, Goldberg goes, no, that's bad. he dunks these shit on her, uh, I don't want this, I saw a fair love basketball, right, God, Omar Epps, yep, <laughs> but um, all right, so the next podcast episode number fifty eight. Will be is that right? Fifty. Yeah. Will be No Mercy two thousand one. Back to the wrestling for the New Blood Rising podcast. Um. Up now, who's next for movies for wrestling movies? You are. Yeah. Do you have one picked out? I've been looking to go with a horror movie, and Charlie and I are talking about. I, I want to. It's hard to find a good copy of Fright Night, the original Fright Night. I have it. You have it. Have of it. Like, I is do. it a Blu-ray? No, it's a DVD. The Blu-ray is extremely rare. They yeah, and made it's about expensive. Three thousand of them. And it's very That's expensive. Why. Yeah. No, what's harder is to find a DVD copy of Fright Night Part Two. Yeah, you can only find the crappy remake. Well, the remake we said was oh, I good. I love the remake. But the remake sequel, Fright Night 2, no. So, is that what you want to do? I want to do Fright Night. We'll, we'll That's do incredible. That. We'll do Fright Night. Okay. I That's the first one we're also We should reach out to the Gore Horseman podcast, see if they would um, if they would do a Fright Night as well, just so we could have the multiple perspectives. That'd be pretty cool. So, 1985, so they could do WrestleMania 1. Yeah. I guess I hope that's right. So well, they actually they picked a Saturday night's main event for one, mm-hmm. like two, because like not because I guess they don't, just, a, they don't just limit it to uh, pay per views, right? Because right. I guess that's also yeah. the closest thing to a pay per view at that time. I guess right. oh, it was special. Yeah. All right, so that's uh, to wrap it up. Uh, the podcast is at New Blood Pod. I'm uh, and on Facebook it's at New Blood Rising 
podcast. I'm at William Rankin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM underscore stabs. And we will see you guys at episode 58, No Way Out, 2001. Unfor- no, no, it's no mercy. It's no mercy. Look God at damn this it. fucking damn guy. It. I, I hate when they did it because they had these two pay-per-views. Unforgiven used to be after Mania. Right. Yeah. It used to be. And, uh, well, they're switching it this year. Episode 58, No Mercy, 2001. against the Yankees. Oh, shit. Let's cut through the crap, Vaughn. I only got one thing to say to you. Strike this motherfucker out. <laughs>